Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. The summer tour rolls on. We're moving north in the NFC. Football's back on a beautiful Wednesday evening here in the Ozarks. I'm still in Springfield. Uh, a little personal news, just got officially hired uh, today in Cape Girardeau. So um, so big, big, uh, great mood tonight. What better way to spin it than with the boys, Blaine and Johnny. Hey, one second, Chandler, one second. How about it? Got it. Get yeah, some boy, it feels it feels good. Um enjoying my last few nights here in uh in my home city. Um gonna miss Springfield, but ready to get back to Cape and grind. And what better way to start off a great, great day in the day with the NFC North? We got special guests tonight, a Packers correspondent, a a Bears correspondent who makes his return to the show from another podcast as well. Can't wait to introduce him here in a bit. But first, let's hear from the crew. Blaine, we'll start with you, brother. Uh, big weekend plans for you around the bend. Luke Combs, maybe. Good to have you back, dude. Rainy at Arrowhead. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But no, I'm excited to talk NFC North. Speaking of Arrowhead, Lambeau, Soldier Field, U.S. Bank, Ford, the Tundra. Ford. We're going to the Tundra. We're going to the t- I love the I love the NFC North. It's one of my favorite divisions in all of football. Always has been a lot of tradition, and it's always pretty good. So we we'll have some fun with this. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of stadiums uh, for Mahomes' first time. Now, I actually forgot about this. He we played in Detroit um, before, so this will be his second time in Detroit. Um, I believe that was that game where they threw the ball way down the field to Travis Kelsey, and he lateraled in midair to. Unfortunately, it was Sean McCoy, but it was a sweet, sweet play. Johnny, let's hear from you, brother. Awesome shirt for the listeners. He's repping his Chiefs polo. I actually, I think the most underrated part about that shirt is that collar. I like that. It's a crisp, crisp collar there. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, this is my one of my favorite shirts. It's like a Miami Vice-themed Chiefs shirt. Um and yeah, it's 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 one of my prized possessions. I'm super pumped to talk about the NFC North. Um, I think this is a division that, like, every team could be like around 500. Like they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. And <clears throat> some teams did a lot of things to improve themselves. Um, you know, Green Bay obviously is entering into a new era of quarterback, uh, and so it should be a lot of fun to talk about. I'm curious to listen and see uh, what you guys think about this stuff too. And I'm really pumped that we have some guests to, to join us to get kind of their perspective as a fan as opposed to just our outsider um, perspective on those teams so super pumped and let's let's get after it I'm, i just cracked a pib extra let's do oh. this dude pib extra is better than dr pepper too but i cannot believe you have a can of pib extra where did you find that at i'm coming uh at, at you live from my dad's office and um my dad's not a coffee drinker and he's must be a pib extra drinker. So a soda guy. My mom's a soda girl too, for sure. She doesn't like coffee, but uh, she'll she can drink a Mountain Dew. I can tell you that. Let's I don't know what in. soda is, but I it's called pop. It's, okay. it's called pop. We'll save that for uh, our regular figure it out pod show. Let's get into the <laughs> NFC North. Uh, we're gonna start in the frozen tundra, as it's called. The Green Bay Packers coming off an eight and nine season. We know what uh, we know what the controversy is with um, Aaron Rodgers leaving and creating a Green Bay East. Um, 
it's a it's an interesting time for Green Bay. I think it's an interesting interesting time for the NFC North because some teams that have not historically had a solidified quarterback suddenly have solidified quarterbacks entering a season for the first time in a long time, and the Green Bay Packers are not one of them. Um, but it's the Jordan Love era. Um, I thought their draft was was interesting. Um, the more I talked about it with our uh, upcoming interview with Alec Gathright, correspondent, Packers fan, um, they really just kind of loaded their roster um, for the future. I don't think that they really necessarily planned on helping Jordan Love that much, given that they have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs back. They really kind of beefed up um, not the flashy spots that the Packers um, typically don't use their draft picks on with that first round pick with the defensive end from Iowa. Um, it's going to be an interesting season in green Bay. Blaine, what do you think? I don't know what Jordan love is going to be. So whenever we're talking about this, I'm trying to base my what hypothesis or whatever I think about the Packers without thinking about Jordan love and an entity of Aaron Rodgers really wasn't that great last year. And I, I know there's going to be a lot of hype around the jets and how good he's going to be a rejuvenated Rodgers, yada, yada. But, Looking at it, I, I remember when we had our podcast, I think it was before Packers-Bills last year, around week six, they struggled to run the football. And then they decided to somewhat flip what they wanted to do to run the football more. And I think that's what they're going to have to do this year. And I think that's what they did through the draft. With Musgrave, you get him, and you get um, Tucker Craft. They're going double tight end, and we have a lot of – we had a lot of say after the draft – and the recap about that maybe being dumb, but what better way for a young quarterback to get into a new, you know, starting era with two tight ends that can bulldoze, run the football a lot, play action pass. And I think that's what the Packers are going to be this year. And I think they're okay. They're not great defensively. They added some things on their D line. They're still good at the end. They're iffy in the secondary, but still pretty good. I, I, I just don't believe that the Packers are going to be the worst team in this division that some people are calling for. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. The, uh, per PFF, we know, um, I might say this every, I might say this every episode because I think it's just a good preface here, but uh, PFF say what you will about them. Uh, Johnny has his thoughts. I have my thoughts, but um, they do do a good uh, post post draft uh, review. Um, they said that their best pick is Carl Brooks, the sixth rounder out of uh, Bowling Green, I believe, D-line. And that kind of goes to your point of interior D-lineman. Johnny, your quick thoughts on the Packers, and then we'll get to our interview with Gaff. <clears throat> it's just a, a, a an unprecedented time. I guess, no, no, that's the right word, but it is a very different time uh, in Green Bay. February 11th, 1992 is when they traded the Atlanta Falcons, a first-round pick for Brett Favre. And that went right into Aaron Rodgers. And on April 26th of 2023, they traded Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Guys, that's 31 years with two quarterbacks. I mean, you know, the injuries and stuff and whatever happened there. But, like, 31 years, and they went far Rodgers back-to-back. And really, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, that's impressive. But in, as far as Super Bowl victories, it's it, it, it's kind of a bittersweet it's bitter actually they didn't win enough with those guys and so now they're going into a year with Jordan Love and of course a very very proud very good fan base I've been to Lambeau it's an amazing experience and, and the Chiefs got slaughtered when I was there but um, I'm I'm very curious to watch Jordan Love I, I think that they they have a favorable schedule early on um, 
they have a week six bye. So they, they go at Chicago, at Atlanta, um, and then they're home for two in a row, New Orleans, Detroit. Then they go at Vegas Raiders, and then they're bye. I think that's going to be a really good sample size to get to get a grasp on what Jordan Love can be. And frankly, guys, I am not optimistic at all. I just think you kind of just you, you just read the tea leaves here. I mean, there have been like very minimal reports that Jordan Love is wowing people at practice. I think if this guy was ready to take over, you know, and he was really doing well, they would have gotten rid of him earlier. They wouldn't have gone through all the bullshit with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they've been tired of this guy for a while, it seems like. But um, I, I'm not confident in what Jordan Love is going to bring. And if you look at the rest of the offense, it's it's really lacking outside of the outside of the running back position. I mean, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, yes, that is good. But Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed, a rookie, rookie tight ends. I just I'm I'm just I'm just not real optimistic here. So um, if I'm going to say something nice about about the Packers, it's that their defense is nasty. I really think this defense has some good players. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Preston Smith, uh, the kid Van Ness they just got, but they also have Quay Walker and Rashawn Gary. On the back end, they have Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Darnell Sab. I mean, those are some good players um, on this team, So uh, on the defensive side. So I, I think offense is going to be very interesting to watch. Matt LaFleur is a pretty good play caller. They've won a lot of games with him, but – Guys, I've already seen a report that Sean Clifford has been wowing the coaching staff at practice. Oh. I mean, are you are you kidding me? Mm, um, I, I, I just it just does not take this long. I know it took Rodgers a little bit, uh, a few years to get to get up there. I just don't think history is going to repeat itself here. I think Jordan Love's going to be a disaster. But I also too, I don't want to oversee just late round picks. You can oversee quite a bit, but Emory Hunt, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with. He's college football he, i mean he goes to all the senior bowls and does all that but what they did at wide receiver he loved it computer competing podcast not going to name it but Devonte on wicks and then grant dubose are both two late round wide receivers big wide receivers that he likes a lot that were underrated that they got in the fifth and the seventh that could do something down the road i'm not saying this year they're going to be immediate impacts but packers are obviously going heavy tight end yeah future wide receivers, run the football this year, give them some options and get this thing going to try to get Jordan Love some kind of future. And I, I don't know, Johnny, I, I like your point that you're not optimistic because it might take a few years, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's get to our interview with Packers Figure It Out podcast correspondent Alec Gathright. Um, it should be interesting for the listeners to hear uh, the perspective from an actual Packers fan with a great interview coming up. Okay, everybody, it is now my honor and privilege to welcome to the Figure It Out podcast for the first time, Green Bay Packers correspondent, uh, fellow Springfield, Missouri native, um, huge Green Bay Packers fan, couldn't wait to get him on for the 2023-24 NFC North pod preview as Alec Gathright. Everybody calls him Gath. Gath, uh... First off, how are you doing, brother? Welcome to the show. It's been a long time coming. Been meaning to get you on. Glad you're here. Doing well, man. It's a pleasure to finally join you. I know we've been talking about having this happen for a little while now, so I'm glad it's finally come to fruition. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just let's just jump into it. These Green Bay Packers, real quick. Last season, eight and nine. Um, going into the season, I would say pretty much standard Packers expectations. Um, the you know through their history and their franchise, you got to win the NFC North. You got to go deep in the playoffs. You got to win Super Bowls. Ultimately, fell eight and nine. Um, we know about the uh, the offseason controversy. We'll get to that in a second. But first, let's just get your thoughts on the 2022-23 season. A season, in my opinion, Gath, that had some moments where it was like, okay, the Packers are back. Maybe they're turning the corner here and then just kind of a skid at the end. You know, it's crazy because pretty much most of the entire year last year, every Sunday I thought I was watching one of the worst Green Bay Packers teams of my life. Um, I mean, they just didn't look like they had any chemistry pretty much the majority of the season. It looked over early on. Rodgers looked out. I mean, they, I mean, you can say it all. But somehow, some way, they rallied the troops and were one game away, one freaking loss to the Detroit Lions away from sneaking into the playoffs. Um, eight, nine can't ever happen in, in Green Bay. I mean, just the expectation that can't happen. Um, you know, it was disappointing, but, you know, they still almost found a way and, and, and snuck in. So got to tip my cap to LaFleur and company, um, just with everything going on, injuries, offense being lackluster all season, they still almost found, found a way. Well, I do think, too, I think that the Packers' defense gets a little overlooked because I think that they had multiple games, in my opinion, where they, they kept this team in it and the offense's ineptness most of the year uh, really plagued them. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the bad man Aaron Rodgers. Um, good recap on 2022-23, by the way. I agree, but uh, we all know the biggest offseason news. Um, you talked to Packers fans. I think initially, probably a little butt hurt, maybe uh, settling in a little bit. Rightfully so. I didn't mean that in a negative way. I would be very butt hurt too. Um, maybe settling in now as we turn the corner to the Jordan Love era. Gath, your thoughts on the uh, on Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, maybe this year, and then maybe give an overview of of your time as a fan of the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers. Well, I will start it off with saying he is my favorite athlete in sports history, and that's football, college sports, wow. baseball, NBA, anything. Mister Rodgers is at, is at the top of that list, um, and it's really been hard the last uh, what three three and a half years. Um, just because the moment they drafted Love, I mean, the clock was ticking. I mean, whether we all wanted to admit it or not, Love was going to take over at some point. Um, so then it's just, well, how much longer do we have Rodgers? And he goes on and wins two straight MVPs. And there was a wrench in all of that. So, you know, it's it's really weird because, you know, it sucks. He's not a Packer. I'm going to have to watch him play for another team. But if you've watched the Packers and specifically tuned in to him the last couple of years on – Pat McAfee Tuesdays and all that stuff, you know, it was time. I mean, he wanted out. He, he didn't want to be a Packer anymore. Um, you know, I think Devontae leaving was definitely kind of the icing on the cake. And, you know, I think kind of once that happened, he was um, kind of looking elsewhere, whether that was for darkness retreats, all the different drugs he's got going, all that stuff. But like I said, my favorite athlete of all time, uh, really going to be pretty shitty to see him in another uniform. But as long as he doesn't win a Super Bowl, I wish him the best. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of, it's kind of Rogers-esque to kind of really 
throw wrenches in people's plans. I feel like um, with the back-to-back MVPs, obviously you'd love him doing that, but I don't think the Packers, when they drafted Love at the time, thought that he was capable of that. Um, and it really kind of came back to bit him in kind of Aaron Rodgers fashion, if that makes sense. Like kind of a, a final up yours for drafting this guy. Um, and it's awesome that you mentioned the Pat McAfee show. No free shout outs, but we'll give him one here. I actually, I've never hated Rodgers. I've always respected the hell out of him. Um, I just don't really have any affiliation to him. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, no question. Um, but him going on that show on Tuesday and him kind of talking. Now, sometimes I think he was a little um, exaggerated. I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I, overall his message, it kind of painted him in a in a human light, whereas before he was really kind of, for lack of a better term, in the darkness to the media and to the, uh, the fans of the NFL. So we'll turn the page here to the Jordan Love, Eric Gath. Um, they drafted him for a reason, I guess. Um, you know, it's a young team. Um, I think a lot of it, a lot of the Packers struggles last year was the, the youth on the perimeter. And as they got better, the Packers seemed to do much better on the field. So that's a promise. But you're going to have to create a whole new relationship with this wide receiver core. Um, Gath, real I guess, what are your thoughts on Jordan Love? Um, what are your expectations? Um, what are your, I guess, what are your thoughts, bro? Oh, man, I am just hoping he, he, he's the guy, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I, I remember the night that he was, you know, taken. I was just disgusted with myself and the Packers for once again screwing uh, number 12 over, but you know, they, they took him for a reason. I mean, he was projected that draft. Some guys had him going top five. Uh, he obviously fell. Uh, I think Green Bay ended up getting him at 26. But, I mean, you take a guy in the first round, he's apparently first-round talent. I don't think we've – you know, he, he's been given a good enough chance to, to show that yet. I remember I was at his first start at Arrowhead a couple of years ago. And, I mean, Arrowhead – as you well know, is not the e- easiest place to go in, but the dude did not look like he had any idea what was going on. Um, I think since then he's, you know, shown a few things when, when he's gotten a chance, but, you know, we're not going to know until week one gets here. Uh, and I, I think he has the weapons around him. I think Christian Watson is going to be a stud. Uh, I like Romeo Dobbs a lot. And, you know, they've drafted a couple of young tight ends that I think can help. So God forbid, just give the freaking ball to Aaron Jones and let's ride. Yeah, so you kind of answered my next question. I, I, I really do like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Um, obviously, Christian Watson being a Missouri Valley guy, I'll always root for him, even though I don't like the Bison much. But um, you can only hope and you can only expect them to take huge jumps. I mean, it's really unfair to say that if Christian Watson catches that ball in Minnesota week one last year, that it's a different season. But it really kind of had the feeling of that. If him and Rodgers connect on that that bomb, beautiful pass, by the way, um, in week one, who knows what we're looking at here, but it didn't. But he took steps after that, and I think that shows a lot about him and his belief in himself because that could really derail um, a young career. So kind of a mix of the draft uh, talk and, and the weapons you have now. Um, you mentioned the two tight ends they draft in the second round and third round, the second round, Luke Musgrave tight end. Um, and then the third round, another Missouri Valley guy, uh, Tucker Craft. in the third round, Tucker Craft. we talked on this show a lot, me, Johnny and Blaine, we, we really wanted him in Kansas city, um, for a potential replacement for, uh, for Travis Kelsey as that is not on the, 
sudden horizon, but it's out there pretty close um, um, to the end of his career. So I think that's a great pick for you guys. You believe in this group. I think this group can put up numbers if Jordan Love's on the same page. I do. Uh, you know, I think he'll be a stud. Um, I like him and Kraft a lot. Kraft, I believe, is coming off a national championship, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. uh, definitely like definitely like what those two bring. Um, and um, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I would have liked to see the Packers surround Love with a veteran receiver, um, you know, someone that's, you know, been through camp a few times to help out the young guys. But um, you know, at, at the same time, I'm all for letting these these young guys play. It's not like you know Green Bay is a Super Bowl contender or anything this year. So, right, yeah, and you 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 lose Lazard, you lose Cobb, and that's kind of the weird thing about his move to the Jets. I don't want to spend much. I don't really want to talk about the New York Jets, but like, why didn't Rogers just stay? You, you mean know? uh, you mean the New York Packers? You mean right. the New York Packers? Exactly, the New York Packers. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he he wanted to go. I mean, he has Garrett Wilson, but um. I think for the future, the Packers are set up far better, but obviously Rodgers doesn't have much more of a future left in the NFL. Um, back to the draft, though, and this is kind of where it, I might sound a little negative. Um, they, the first-round pick, the Packers do it again. JSN on the board. Oh, I would have loved JSN to the Packers at 13, but to go Luke Van Ness, um, they get a they get a wide receiver out of Michigan State in the second round at pick fifty. Jaden Reed, who people do say is a good route runner, um, but talk talk me through your thoughts on that. I, I can't imagine you were very happy um, the the defensive end out of Iowa. So the the NFL draft is one of my favorite events of this entire sporting year, um, which is funny because if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, it is like the most least exciting a thing that could possibly happen. I mean, yeah. every single year, every single year, there's a, you know, a playmaker that, that they could take for Rogers in the first round and everyone has their eyes on it. And it's a defensive end out of, you know, Utah state, or it just yeah. seems like, uh, uh, it seems like they always have the chance to make the big splash. Um, and I really think that JSN was going to be that. I think he's going to have a fantastic career um in Seattle um but man I like Van Ness I, I I think the ceiling is very high um they're very high on him as a pass rusher um but yeah man I mean it, the playmaker is there for the taking like that you got to take him right I I tend to agree but when you look at the Packers draft I think they kind of knew that they needed to just bulk up on on all positions that aren't the the pretty positions, but are are the kind of the nastier ones, the ones that win football games late in the year. And I think that's probably what they saw in Van Ness. I mean, you know, you're going to get a hard worker yeah. kid out of Iowa. Like the, the the problem is with the Packers is when you build up a reputation of doing nothing uh, flashy in the draft, and then you continue that. Um, it looks bad on paper. But I tend to agree with you, Gaff. I think that he – I think he's going to provide you guys with with a defense already that I think is very undervalued and underrated, in my opinion. I think he just adds depth there. Um, and, and D-line, a little bit of a concern, wrapping up the draft pick – draft picks, excuse me, per uh, uh, pro football focus, you know, we have our opinions on of them on our show. Um, but they do do a good job of, of draft stuff. They say that your best – pick was defensive line Carl Brooks out of uh, Bowling Green in the sixth round into your D line look I guess I can just transition right there the defense Gath I think they're in a good spot to be pretty nasty 
I agree with you. I mean, there's plenty of talent across the, that side of the ball. Uh, I think I saw some stat that said of the last 10 first-round picks they've taken, nine of them have been on defense, and the only one was Jordan Love. So, I mean, they're definitely putting the draft capital on, on that side of the ball. Only thing that worries me um, is the guy calling the defense, and that's Joe Barry. Um, so, if we can get that sorted out, I think the defense will be cooking. Yeah, and, and another note here, too, cornerback uh, secondary health and depth is not necessarily great. Um, obviously, Jair no. Alexander's a stud. Rasul Douglas is a stud. But after that, it kind of drops off. Um, they even mentioned seventh-round pick Carrington Valentine out of Kentucky has a chance to be the starting nickel. Um, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world with a draft pick, but, like, I, as a Chiefs fan, I've seen the success and stuff from late-round picks. And it always worries me no matter what. I don't care how many times Veach does it. Um, I, I maintain this as a big football fan, football person, whatever. Secondary is the most difficult position to play in all of football. And it's just nearly impossible to ask a guy to step in and play big minutes like that. So that's something to, to keep your eye on. Let's, let's fast forward. Um, let's look into the future. We'll wrap up uh, uh, the little Packers segment here with our buddy Gath which we're going to have to have you on um, in the future. It's maybe sometime in the middle of the season or as we get closer to the start of the season. The 2023-24 outlook, Gath, I, I don't know how many words you want to use, but maybe just sum up your expectations, um, you know, what you maybe want to see out of the offense, the defense, et cetera. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go – first, I'm going to give you a record, okay? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I think I think the 2023-2024 Green Bay Packers will go eight and nine, the same record. Um, I see a strong year all around from the defense, uh, um, from keeping us in games to even winning us a game or two. Um, and I see the offense at times struggling, um, and then by the end of the season, kind of finding their rhythm. Um, and love turning into a consistent starter. You win week one against the Bears in Chicago. A lot of hype around these Bears. Uh, maybe not they're, they're ready yet, but they're kind of poised right now, it seems like. I might regret saying this, but as long as Justin Fields is their quarterback, I'm not too concerned. I really do tend to agree with that, Gath. I really do. I think we're on the same page about that. I love him. I love him as a player. You know, I think he's going to be – I mean, he has games where he runs for 250, 260 yards, but I have long-term, I'm just not seeing it. It is not a rushing quarterback league. Gath, we really appreciate All your right. time, buddy. Um, I'm hoping for the best for the Packers. Never had any ill will towards the Packers unless they're playing the Chiefs. Um, that I, I do think small markets like that deserve to have the best, and uh, I'm, I'm pulling for them, buddy. Appreciate your time. I appreciate you. December 3rd, you going to Lambeau? I probably won't be able to make it up to Lambeau, but, man, that is a bucket list. Um, for, and funny you bring that up, Patrick Mahomes' first time in Lambeau Field as an NFL player. So it should be interesting. I hope it – Uh-oh. I know. Uh-oh. It's, I believe it's Sunday Night Football too, God. dude. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's Sunday Night Football. So the lights will be bright, and maybe we'll get some snow flurries. Let's see it. We'll have Love versus Mahomes round two. That's right. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. See ya. 
Okay, wrapping up the Packers, we will move to the Windy City, the Chicago Bears coming off a 3-14 and 14 season last year. Obviously, um, busy offseason for the Chicago Bears. Uh, we're blessed, actually, here to be joined by a recurring guest of the Figure It Out podcast. He's actually co-hosted the show once with Johnny Rowe. Um, he's from the Ball Placement podcast. It's Joe Ratt. Joe Rat, we really appreciate you coming back on here. Huge Bears fan. Um, before I get going here, you know, you're welcome back to the show. Um, anything you want to say about the Packers? I know that's a big rivalry for the Bears, and we're welcome. Uh, we're we're honored to have you. Yeah, I do have some thoughts, but yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me on again. Um, you guys do a great job, and uh, we basically our podcast was born out of inspiration from you guys. So thank you. Hey, we um, appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just quick on the Packers, just because there's a obviously the link with the rivalry, but also now we in the offseason, um, to your point, a very busy one. Um, we brought in Robert Tanyan, a tight end I thought would stay with Green Bay, given his well now veteran presence, his knowledge of the playbook could help uh, Jordan Love get up to speed, whichever speed that is, given that there's a lot of unknowns there and Jordan Love has been in that system. So he should be up to speed, but it would help right. nonetheless. Um, yeah, and to Blaine's point, like a lot of unknowns within that whole organization. A lot is riding on that coaching staff to get these picks right. Um, so, yeah, a lot. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, basically. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not a lot to go off of uh, with Rodgers leaving and, and Rodgers taking a bunch of his receivers as well. Um, but, yeah, we can – transition to the bears off of that um and like you said very busy off season a couple highlights were dj moore of course um us moving back off of the number one pick mm -hmm. uh adds to i guess an intriguing wide receiver wide receiver room nothing that you know blows anyone away of course we got claypool um last year didn't really do much in the in last season but uh, reports are saying, you know, there, there's building chemistry. I mean, if there wasn't that report, I'd be kind of worried. So that's a positive. Darnell Mooney um, coming off a little bit of an you know, injury, but he knows the offense. Um, he's been in lockstep. I've heard good things about DJ Moore as well, building that chemistry with uh, Justin Fields. Uh, so that's always a positive. I know it's way too early to react heavily, but I'm a Bears fan, so it's going to be all positive right, right yeah. now. Rightfully no, so. no injuries yet. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cole Komet, of course, um, he's a talented guy. And I think he'll only, I think his ceiling is pretty high given the athleticism. And then Robert Tanyan, I mentioned the draft pretty eventful, of course, given, you know, what, you know, the plethora of trades that went on, but I think we did a good job of hammering home our needs, which were the offensive line, of course, and this division, it's going to, there's a lot of question marks, but a lot with all the teams, um, Lions probably have the least amount given um, they returned most of their starters um, and added some corners, but you guys will get to that. Um, so, yeah, to compete with them, they average, you know, 30 plus points. We have to keep up. And that, I think we did a decent job of adding at least protection for Justin Fields. Um, and that will be what I'll be looking for. Um, I'll get to that in, in a second, but protection and then weapons that will develop 
now in OTAs um, and the, in the uh, voluntary work. And then of course, training camp. Um, we had, we let Montgomery go, which was interesting. I was okay with it. Um, you know, but I'm not really in the camp of re-signing or paying running backs a boatload of money. Yeah. We have Herbert. He's solid. Uh, we added Travis Homer from Seattle. He's, you know, a utility guy, solid. Deontay Foreman's a solid back as well. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out, but, um, and we also added a guy from the draft, um, yeah, John Robinson's backup. I was I was going to say that. Yeah, Roshan Johnson in the fourth round. Bijan's backup. He had some good carries for Texas. Um, I think that's a pretty pretty significant fourth round pick, honestly, and Johnny. I, and I oh, go ahead, no, real quick on Roshan. Just I've heard great things about him. Like he was more per locker room from people that have reports. You know, take report for those words, but he was more of a leader than Bijan, former mm. quarterback in high school, who kind of has utility guy i'm not saying they're going to wildcat with him but just has more of that feel that can be a, you know in between back than a dante foreman who's going to run in between the tackles which is good which is really good for the bears with with fields i think that'll be kind of a fun back-to-back in the backfield there and it yeah, goes to show I, like I'll go Brad, ahead. let me I well no i want to get your um feedback on this too and so for the listeners uh, me, me and Rat go back into the college years, mutual friends, and always have given him shit about being a Bears fan, um, even on the Xbox headset, of course, in person, every day on the group text thread. Um, and for the, the time leading up to the draft, I just kept saying to him over and over again, like, the Bears need to use their first draft pick in this draft, wherever it is, on offensive line. And I sold out for Paris Johnson. And I, I, I thought that would have been the perfect pick for the Bears. But they went and got mm-hmm. Darnell Wright. And, and the point is, the Bears are obviously, they've obviously identified that they have to do everything they can to help put Fields in the best position possible to succeed this year. Right? Because he was running for his life last year. That's the whole uh, thought behind going offensive line. Okay, fast forward to the draft. I was there the night of the night, night one of the draft, and I was with a bunch of Bears fans, um, the Mangolds, Brett, you know them. And we were just talking through the whole thing. Okay, the Bears are at nine. If Paris Johnson is there, it's going to be the perfect pay. Okay, well, of course, the Cardinals come back uh, into six, and they take him uh, at six. Great pick. And so then we had obviously been drinking a lot. Um <laughs> We then talked ourselves into, okay, all they have to do now is hope that Jalen Carter falls, take potentially the best pick in the draft, defensive lineman at nine, and be good. And then I had forgotten about how hard I was hammering the table that the Bears don't need to take an interior defensive lineman, no matter how good he is, with their first pick in the draft. And in my drunken stupor, I had forgotten about that. And so when the Bears then trade from nine to 10, the Eagles take Carter. I'm just there with my Bears uh, friends, like shitting on the Bears. Like, this is why the Bears are who they are. This team's a fucking mess. You know, just doing what I normally do about the Bears. And now that time has passed, I'm now realizing that I like the Bears pick. 
they got the offensive lineman. Now he is on the right side. He's not protecting the left side. That's going to be Braxton Jones. Well, I want to get your thoughts about him too, but they did the right thing. They did. Like this could be their, this is their plug and play right tackle to start the season off. They've got uh, skill position weapons for Justin Fields. All they got to do is give him a chance to throw and hope he progresses passing the ball like they wanted him to do last year, but he wasn't set up to do that. So, and then they took a defensive tackle with Jervon Dexter in the second round. So like they still addressed that position. So long way of saying rat. This is me kind of relinquishing that I think the Bears actually did do the right thing for the offensive line position. And then just what do you think about, you know, do you, do you think Fields is set up well enough to succeed this year? I mean, he kind of has to, right? Yeah, this is his – not wake-up call, but it's it's his time. Take the reins. Everything I've heard about is – I know it's kind of semantics, but leadership uh, within the whole team, defense and offense – um, again, it's very early, but that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm reading on the interwebs. Um, and yeah, the offensive line seems to be solidifying itself. We have uh, Nate Davis came over from Tennessee. Whitehair, uh, Tevin Jenkins, and Braxton Jones have experience here. Um, so they should have no problem, you know, getting their callouts, getting their reads, uh, with, as, you know, in second as a second nature without even thinking. Um, so to that point, my expectations for this team, or I guess before I get to that, the last two additions in the offseason were TJ Edwards and um, uh, Jermaine Ed- Edmonds. I think those were key. I know I just went off on a totally different tangent, but I need to <laughs> highlight those. Pretty young players, one from the Eagles, tenacious defense, one from the Bills. He's only 24. Oh. Um, I, th- I know. I, he's not great Sorry, any coverage. I had to get but, that in. You know, he's a great player. It's I a great know. Player for Chicago, too. I uh, we'll see. I, I don't like him when he's guarding like tight ends, but well, whatever. Um, <laughs> hopefully he always a good out. move to let Roquan Smith go and then pay another linebacker. Nice. Sorry. Let's not. Let's not. I'll add to it. I'll add to it. We I, we 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 studied heavily Bills Eagles, two of the softer linebackers of both those teams. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mean, oh. Chicago's a place to be hard, but TJ and Tremaine. I, Boy, got some question hates, marks. Nobody hates some Buffalo. You think Milano? You think Milano's a softie? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe. Oh, oh, maybe. Yeah. two of. If you're going to take any of the weakness of the groups, right, right, yeah, right, right, right. Um, that's true. Yeah, the Eagles were a little soft in the middle, but Very. I have high hopes for them. Um, they got Not good me. surrounding parts. Um, my expectations for this team. Uh, so you guys can move on to the other teams, but uh, based on I was looking at the schedule a little bit. We face the NFC South and the AFC West, as you guys know, as Chiefs fans. Uh, that'll be uh, quite the game. But uh, so those two divisions, we play all the teams in those, which makes for a very interesting season outlook. Uh, then you throw in the Browns, the Cardinals, and the Commanders are kind of the uh, the random mixed games you always get. Um, and then our division. So my expectation is, yeah, like to Johnny's point, this division's probably going to be around 500 on paper as of now. That's what it, it's so hard to project this division, but that's what I think. The Bears' ceiling is probably around nine wins. Um, oh, hi. I like it. I like it. The nine? ceiling. 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 Okay. 
six a six Look, if I'm holding if I'm holding six win improvement. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm here for it. I love it. I honestly I love it's, it, but whoa. <laughs> only because because of the volatility in the NFC South. And then you have like we play the Raiders. Um the Browns Cardinals. are not gonna be easy. Cardinals should be bad. The Commanders, who knows what Sam Howell is gonna be. And then I'm being hopeful. Like last year, I didn't expect to get swept by the Lions, and we shouldn't have, but we did because we were tanking. But okay. on paper, we are – you cannot argue we are a better team. Are we six wins? I don't know. But I think a reasonable ceiling is nine wins given our matchups. Hopefully, Green Bay is bad, very bad. Hopefully, the Vikings – I mean, you look at their – you know, Garbage. Their, uh their win probability last year plus their differential. Someone's got to give there. Um, I'd also like to see – well, okay, so if we get to nine wins, that means Fields definitely crosses or should cross that 3,500 yards passing um, and, and keep keep the streak alive for not having a 4,000-yard passer for who knows how long, ever, I think. Um, 3,500 is – I mean, yeah, but – We've never had a 4,000-yard passer. Um, and that's what it kind of takes in this league sometimes. But, um, yeah, and within that Justin Fields spotlight, I I need to see quicker decisions and less batted balls at line of scrimmage. Like, batted balls that don't end up in turnovers, they get forgotten. But that's a wasted down. And it happened all the time because of his mechanics. So I want to see improvement there. Um, and then the other improvements are obvious, like – chemistry with receivers and a defense that can stop the run so blaine you I'd like to hear you guys feedback on that yeah <laughs> yeah no Joe. I, I mean that's what i was gonna ask you is really though obviously we know justin fields can run the ball obviously we sure. know chicago can run the ball second most rushing attempts most yards in the nfl last year but the question is if you get into that nine wins can justin fields throw the ball you get dj moore everyone's all oh, dj moore is going to make this team so much better darnell mooney being healthy claypool mm-hmm. is going to become back and be better do you believe in Fields' arm? I mean, that's the biggest question. What do you think as a Bears fan? That is not to the extent of Jordan Love, but like it's a decent sized question mark because he showed few, but he showed flashes of some pretty nasty throws, like deep and in traffic and in stride. And I think he can do it. I don't really have a choice but to have that outlook early at this point because we invested in him. Uh the organization and fans. We're we have no we have nowhere to go but back in him. He has shown that he's you know he's mentally tough. He got hit a ton. Um he could make special plays happen. I'm hoping he and he doesn't seem like this kind of player who like Lamar Jackson just you know, I mean, he has the ability to run, so he's just going to run. You know, he's he takes one look at his, one, his first progression. If it's not there, he's running. I don't think Fields is like that. But like I said, quicker decisions because he held onto the ball so long. Well, I think he was either top one or two in, uh, like, time to release in, like, the bad sense, like holding on for way too long, which kind of skews the sack numbers and pressure. Um, but that's what I want to see because – He's got the ability, like his mechanics. I wish he didn't throw as three quarters as he does, 
But like I said, he showed flashes of that ability to hit timing routes, hit deep balls. There weren't a lot, but when they did happen, it was like, okay, these are that's a NFL caliber, uh, you know, progression, pocket presence, execution of the uh, of the throw. Um, and yes, the DJ Moore thing, it's obviously a projection. We don't know. Um, the Claypool thing, I thought they would have figured it out by like the last two games last season, but, you know, it went the way it went and we got the first round pick. Right. Um, Johnny, did you have so, something for, for yeah, Johnny? Yeah, I got one last thing and then um, I'm, I'm tired of talking about the Bears. So uh, uh, my last thing is that I think the Bears will be better, but they were three and fourteen last year. They started off two and one, and then they lost their, twelve of their next thirteen. Vegas has the over under at six and a half wins. I think that's perfect. I think they 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 could be maybe a seven win team at the high end, or they could be like a four or five win team because they have to double their wins plus another win to to get the over on the Vegas odds. And I still think the Bears are a year away because they will have cap space. They have pit, They have a ton of picks. Ryan Poles has done a pretty good job so far, all things considered. I think the Bears are still a year away. And the number one thing that they need to have uh, is, is Justin Fields progressing, throwing the ball, because no team, I don't care what they tell you, I don't care – how dynamic of a runner the quarterback is. You know, if you ask Buffalo this, they'd say the same thing. No team wants their quarterback um, to have to be a run-first quarterback. Like, they don't want him to choose right. to run first. They want him um, to throw. Shan, that's that's all I yeah. got, bro. Yeah, Joe, we really appreciate your time, dude. Um, I'm, I'm going to take your projection at 9-8. and eight. Chicago Bears winning record. Uh, triple their win total from last year, if I'm doing my math correctly there. And it'll be a great day on the midway for the Bears. Huh? We appreciate your time. We'll have you back on probably close to the start of the season. Definitely before our week three matchup at Arrowhead. You know that the boys will be buzzing for that oh, one. Yeah. We're looking at our chops yeah. for that one. That'll be a nice uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> home game for the Chiefs, I have, a, I have a feeling. But, Joe, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you later, okay? Thank you, guys. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, see you, buddy. Ball Placement Podcast as well. Um, tune into their show. We we love those guys. We've had some good collabs over the uh, over the year of of Figure It Out Pod and and Ball Placement probably coming up on their one year anniversary too. So look 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 for them on uh, all listening platforms. I believe. Let's move forward to the Minnesota Vikings, the luckiest team that the league has ever seen last season. Thirteen and four. I've never seen a team win in the most bizarre and unfashionable ways um i did love one of their wins last year against um the hell bills if you will um josh allen once again just just choked it away as he always does um in beautiful fashion i was actually rooting for minnesota in that game much to blaine's uh disbelief but I think that that is the best that they are ever going to do moving forward with Kirk Cousins. Um, this show and the guys know my thoughts very well on Kirk Cousins. I do not think he's the answer. He cannot win the big game. He lost the Giants in the playoffs at home. Um, I'm a big Daniel Dimes fan, but if you're paying Kirk Cousins top-end quarterback money, that's an inexcusable loss. Um, 
Dalvin Cook on the fritz. They lose um, – they've lost Eric Kendricks, Irv Smith, huge part of their offense last season. Um, Eric Kendricks, a good linebacker as well. Um, now, they do they do kind of beef up their secondary a little bit. Their defense is a huge question mark still. Um, I saw that Daniil Hunter, I believe, might be on the trading block, trading rumors at least today, um, along with Chase Young, who we'll get to in probably a week. Excited for that. But they signed cornerback Byron Murphy Jr. out of the Cardinals. So that's of note. But, guys, I don't like the Minnesota Vikings here. Their defense wasn't good last year. Um, as much as I hate Kirk Cousins, I do think that a lot of their games they lost were on the shoulders of the defense. I, I'm open to admit that. So, Dalvin on the fritz. Kirk's never had – not had Dalvin. That's a huge part of their offense is running the football. Johnny, am I off here? Am I am I missing something? Tell me, tell me what you think. This is an interesting one for me, Chandler. Um, and at the end, I guess this will all tie in. I'm not high on Minnesota, I believe, like relatively speaking. In terms of this division, I think that they have the best chance at winning this division uh, compared to the other teams. I We'll get to Detroit here in a second. But if you look at what I view to be like really important when it comes to a football team, um, obviously it's quarterback and just given the division, I've said what I feel about Kirk cousins. He's the best quarterback in this division. So check in Minnesota's favor. They also have the single best player in the division, Justin Jefferson. He is an unbelievable talent. I think at one point last year after that, it was after that bills game, um, I said he's the best wide receiver I've ever seen. I'm still I still stand by that, right? So they have the best quarterback in the division, and they have the best um, uh, player in the division. An underlying move that they made that I think is actually going to be really beneficial for them is making Brian Flores their defensive coordinator because what this team and they didn't do a lot, you know, they did some things, but they didn't do as much as I would have liked them to do as far as adding talent on the defense they did a few things but what that defense completely lacked was an identity they had no nasty about them on that defense um and it was evident in the playoff loss to daniel jones and the giants where saquon barkley had acres of space to run all over them on their home field like no pride i mean this is a team that they thankfully their offense showed some some ceiling last year to where you know, they, they were able to put points on the board. For prime example, I mean, this is a team that let the Colts get up like th- – Jeff Saturday's Colts get up like, you know, the 30-something points on them, ended up being the biggest comeback in NFL history when they won that game. But, but like, you, you, your defense let the fucking Jeff Saturday Colts get up 30-plus points on you in your building – so I think the Brian Flores move, I think Flo is going to be great for the identity and the nastiness um, of that defense. Do, do I believe the Vikings are big-time players um, as far as getting to the NFC Championship game? No. Do I? Am I going to spoil it now, uh, who I think is going to win the division? Yes. I think Minnesota is going to win this division, but I'm not. It. So I don't know if that answered your question. I think I'm higher on them than you, but overall outside the division, no, I don't think Minnesota is a very – you know, great team. 
No, that's a that's a really good. Uh, I really like that take, um, and I probably am gonna have to agree, um, even though I don't want to. I don't know. I might. I'll probably pick Detroit though, just because I'm not gonna pick Minnesota. But another note, um, I bet Blaine will touch on it. But they did draft Jordan Addison to USC. I think that's a great pairing with Justin Jefferson, Blaine. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And if they didn't do that, then I would be lower on Minnesota, just because I think Jordan Addison really can be. Similar to what Thielen was. I mean, obviously, Thielen was a one of the best there for a couple of years, the best two guy in the NFL. Nah, again, you, you could argue, but Kirk can throw K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, and Justin Jefferson around the yard just fine. Now, the question that you mentioned, Chandler, is obviously Dalvin Cook. We, we can't have this conversation confidently right now without knowing what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook's still there... I think the Vikings have a great chance to win this division. Vegas doesn't think so. Vegas has got the Vikings at the bottom of the chart of the NFC North, which is a little bit shocking because there wasn't a ton of mass exodus that some of the Vikings fans, myself, not a Vikings fan, but as a Vikings Whoa, follower. Oh, slip, I'd say. No, no, preface. Uh-huh. But there wasn't a mass exodus that we thought. This defense still isn't very good. I'm glad, Johnny, you said Flores as well because – they think bringing, you know, Harrison Phillips, Daniil Hunter, if he stays too, Jordan Hicks, that D line is still pretty good. But the question mark is, can Cameron Bynum and some of these guys, Harrison Smith, can they, I mean, can they get better? Last year was just horrible. So you draft the two guys, Mekhi Blackman, Jay Ward, and your third round and fourth round picks to try to add something there. But the Vikings just didn't have a lot of draft capital. They didn't. What they have? One, two, three, four, six picks. And yep what four of them were fourth round or after so there's i mean the vikings were really good last year but there wasn't a lot of stuff for them to work with they had to keep who they could try to stay good with jefferson kirk and hopefully dalvin stays but it's just a massive question mark this team is a massive question mark and i fuck personally fuck brian flores i don't think he's great i, I think he's an old fucking i mean we had our fun with the afc west with him but I just don't know, man. I, I'm not as high on the Vikings as I was last year. I'm not a Vikings fan. And I really think they're going to be that in-between playoff team this year that likely will get a six, seven, eight spot in the playoffs and just be that. Yeah, they are. They, I will say that they are um, very lucky they're in the NFC because they would be not a factor in the AFC given their just their overall question mark. Like you said, I think that's a great way um, to, to say it. Let's, uh, Let's wrap up the show, I guess, with the Detroit Lions. Maybe, depending on who you ask on the show, best for last? I don't know. But the Detroit Lions had the most promise to finish the season last year, I feel like, even with the Vikings um, in the playoffs. That's a horrible loss to have to sit on for a year. And the Lions went into Lambeau and ended the Green Bay Packers season um, on Sunday Night Football to conclude the uh, regular season last year. Um, and I mentioned this a few times on the um, on the podcast, but it is just so much better to end a football season on a win. You it, the off season's better, better memories to end the year. Um, very rarely do you have the exact same team back, so to go out with your guys one last time to win, um, it's a big it's big for morale. So so the sky really is the limit here for the Lions. I think this year um, they were really busy in the off season. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine free agent signings of note. David Montgomery from the from the um, from the Bears 
um, like Joe Rat mentioned earlier. Um, I think that fits them well since they lost DeAndre Swift. I think it's another good back for Jared Goff. I think Goff is a quarterback who's really good when he has a running game. His best years in L.A. were with, with Todd Gurley, and he was pretty damn good last year with DeAndre Swift in Detroit. I know they throw the ball around a lot, but when you have a threat like that in the backfield, I think it goes a long way. Um, also, they bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, I think a really, really good secondary player. He fits the mold of – he is the prototypical defensive back. There is nothing you really like about him. Um, he's the typical guy that you like if he's on your team and you like it or you hate if he's on the other team. And I think that fits Detroit's overall identity. Um, I think that's an awesome move for them. I like what they've done this offseason, guys. Blaine, we'll start with you. The Detroit Lions, on paper, they they are pretty damn good. Pretty good, yeah. And I really do – I mean, with – what we're talking about with Jameer Gibbs, it's when has this been successful? Drafting a running back in the first round, when has that been successful? They were chest bumping, excited, and obviously you're going to be, but it's just such a risk to do that and to take. Obviously, they didn't like Swift. Is he going to be the marquee guy for the next five years? They think so. If he is, I think Detroit, with retaining their offensive coordinator, who had many head coaching opportunities with Jamison, you know, suspended. Maybe I'm on run. St. Brown and Marvin Jones can pick up some slack like they did last year for quite a while. They're still going to be really good. But I, I really think a lot of this rides on Gibbs. And I have no idea how good he's going to be. But if he's good, the Detroit Lions are good. And they're a team to look out for in the NFC. And I, like I said, I, 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 you know, question mark, question mark, question mark. But Montgomery and Gibbs is going to be fun to watch. And and I'm excited to see how it works out. I like Jameer Gibbs a lot. I actually think that if I was a grader of, of uh, prospects, I would put him above Bijan. I watch Bijan in person. Um, I Obviously, he's a phenomenal talent. Don't get me wrong. He's, they're 1A and 1B. But I think Jameer Gibbs could be an Alvin Kamara. And Kamara, when he's healthy, wow. he's on, is the best running back. Or maybe not the best, but one of the best in the league. And another note from their draft, I think that Jack Campbell pick is a great pick, the linebacker from Iowa. That's like – that that guy is related to Dan Campbell. I, I know he probably isn't. I know they just have the same last name. But, like, that's a, that's a character fit pick. That's a guy that's going to come in and continue what they're trying to build in Detroit, and I don't think there's any doubt about it. Off the ball linebacker that if he was in any other division other than the NFC North, I'd be like, ah, you took him in the first round. I don't, yeah. I don't know, but he's going to come downhill. Everybody in this division wants to run the football and he is a great run stopper and they knew that. And that's why they picked him. So I agree with you. And then Sam Laporta out of Iowa could have been a stretch early with him being with so many tight ends, but no, I think that's a good pick as well. I think they did pretty well, Johnny. Um. Well, this is like the media darling, right? The Detroit Lions or who everybody yeah. loves. And like I'm – so this could be good content for us. I refuse to do that. I refuse – I tried to do this a bunch last year. Like I I refuse to give any sort of a shit about the Lions. Respectfully, everybody. But I refuse to take them seriously until they actually prove it to me. I mean, damn it, it's Missouri. It's the show-me state. Okay? Yeah, like I, 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 I cannot do this. I can't believe we're doing this again. Like the Lions had a great run towards the end of last year, but they started off like one and six. 
or something. Their quarterback is Jared Goff. Like I'm telling you, like I, I, I don't, tr- I don't trust Jared Goff. I don't. I, I call him Jared Barf. I cannot stand this Lions hype. I, I really can't. You know the Lions. It's so Lions that Jamison Williams is suspended for six games, and they kicked off Quintez Cephas and a couple of other players. I mean, they had players betting on the NFL in their building. Now, Jameis didn't do – Jameis was betting other sports. It's why it's only six. But the other guys were kicked off the team and suspended for a year because they were betting on the NFL. Like, Dan Campbell is a – is an interesting guy to watch. He makes for a good hard knocks. He's a, he'd be an awesome guy to play for, I think. But he doesn't call the plays on offense. He doesn't call the plays on defense. He's just a glorified camp counselor. And it, I, I just think it's a clown show on the Lions. And look, they have a great opportunity to make me look like an absolute fool and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I, just, I, just, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, the, the, the Lions yeah. start their season off at Kansas City and then home versus Seattle. They could easily be 0-2 to start their season. So I, I just cannot – I cannot take this team seriously. I think this defense is still really bad. Um, I like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but if he was really still that top end of a player, why would Philadelphia let him go for on a one-year contract? Sure. They bring in guys like Emmanuel Mosley. If Emmanuel Mosley was that good, why did the 49ers let him go? Why are good teams letting these players go and Detroit scooping them up? And everyone's like, look at the Detroit Lions. Like they're just being hijacked by the media as their darling. Their defensive line has Aiden Hutchinson. He's really good. He had nine and a half sacks last year. Their second leading guy was someone named James Houston. He had eight <laughs> sacks last year. That was not, that's, that's good. Eight sacks is good. He's a sixth round pick. After him, it's just some rotational pieces and they didn't really add anybody there. They have they their linebacking core is straight out of a consulting firm. It's the whitest linebacking core in the world. Alex Anzalone, this Campbell kid, and Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, you'd find three guys like that over at Northwestern Mutual selling life insurance policies. I I I I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this with the Lions. They they took a running back in the first round, which everyone says is is the dumb thing to do. Then they took a, a linebacker who got the award for the best linebacker in the country. Uh, okay. Well, the, the, they, they took him at pick 18. Really? He wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to be there in the third, in the second round that they had the third pick in the second round. They couldn't have got him there. Oh, they got a tight end out of Iowa as well. At the third pick in the second round, who, who's going to be their starting tight end. Their other tight end is named Brock Wright. Who's that? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm freaking fired up about this, guys. Like, I'm going to take a stand. I think that this this hijacking of the Lions is absurd. And the Lions have a history of ineptitude. And until they slap me in the face with a change, I refuse to believe in it. Johnny, honestly, it's a really good point by you. And, wow, that was a phenomenal monologue on the Detroit Lions. I was laughing the entire time. And I didn't disagree with anything you said. I'm just it's just like, be... what are we doing here? I what know. are we doing? Are we just bored? You you smacked us in the face. and You yeah. smacked all the listeners in the face. And they needed to. Also, I think Aaron Glenn might lead that consulting firm because if he wasn't a former NFL player, 
he, I, we all watch Hard Knocks. That defense was the worst defense in the NFL last year, and they're adding all of these pieces. You gotta also think: Is Aaron Glenn gonna be able to put his fucking brain together to put them together? Probably yeah. not. And that's a great. I mean, I, I was kind of high on the Lions, and now you have got me slipping down the slippery slope. I'm gonna stay high on the Lions. I love what Johnny said, and two things I want to point out about from Johnny. First off, Johnny is the one who alluded to me about the um, why are teams letting players go that seem to be good. And I'm fully bought into Johnny's theory that teams just know that guys aren't going to be good for another season. Um, and they know it better than just the average fan. And it's really kind of changed my light um, in, in that aspect. And Johnny makes good points about the Lions. And the second point I want to make, and it, it goes in his argument, is the Lions are no longer – the hunters they are going to be the hunted people are not going to take the detroit lions um lightly anymore moving forward and the chiefs better not in week one um because this Lions team can be sneaky but i think it's also a team that's very volatile in the fact that you get up on this team early now i know this might be a little uh, contradictory to last season but you get up on this team early and um it, it, it could it could be over early as well um, any final thoughts from the guys on the Lions before we do our uh, predicted order of finish? And then I think we're going to get out of here. If you look at their first four draft picks, you could literally interchange any four of them, and they could have gone in any of those spots. Like they could, like you, yeah. they could have reached and took Laporte in the first round if he was their number one tight end, like all the reports said. They could have taken Campbell with it, where they took Brian Branch. Brian Branch was in the green room. Brian Branch yeah. was the last player in the green room, I believe. Like he stayed until day two to get to get picked, and then they take Hendon Hooker in the third round, which uh, I just you know maybe they're in a limbo period. They obviously love golf more than than others, but they take Hendon Hooker in the third round, and that means he's on a base. It, it's it's a four year contract. He's out all of this year. So you spent one of your higher draft capital pick capital picks on a quarterback who's out all of this year and is like 26 or something, or he's older. 26, yep. So you have Hendon Hooker on a three-year deal, essentially, because the first year's gone. I need to chill the fuck out, actually. I, I will say, uh, while you chill, I was so high on Hendon Hooker during our – pre-draft and all that suffering i do think that he could be better than golf like i i truly do i think nate sudfeld and adrian martinez are their backups right now if not golf, adrian no yeah, if their backups go down yeah. it's in and hooker's team if if jared golf so i don't you sucks it's in and hooker's team so i understand why they did it but john i mean to your point spending a third round pick on him is just I mean, it's tough, but I think Jared Goff. I do like have, Hendon Hooker. I think Jared Goff would have to die for them to have to go yeah. to Hendon Hooker, Adrian Martinez, or Nate Sudfeld. I mean, <laughs> Goff. Like, I I think he'll have a good season. I think Goff's good, but yeah. that's. I mean, it's but it's a two year difference. It's a two year yeah. difference. And if you in a locker room like Detroit right now, you want some kind of you know Nate Sudfeld's your veteran right. <laughs> in that locker. Are you kidding me? No, you got a, a guy that's drinking beer with you at the bar and talking about what chicks you're going to bang after the week's over instead of some guy that's telling you about the schemes. It's Detroit, 
Johnny, I love it. I, th- I think Detroit could be a little bit of a mess. Shout Chad Henney's for the girlfriend or the fiance or whatever. Sup? She is. She is yeah. hot. Yeah, <laughs> she is hot. Chad Henney's just don't grow on trees, though, guys. They just there's just none better than Chad. So that's that's tough for the rest of the teams in the league and now the Chiefs because he's he's retired. Let's let's get to our predicted order of finish. I started last week. Let's start with Johnny. I think his is going to be a little bit more. Um, I think I kind of already know what Johnny's is going to be. Um, but I am curious to see where he puts the lines. Johnny, you go first. All right. Did And last year, did we, like, right before, so we go through all our divisions, and then I think before the year, like, right before the year started, we did, we did like, our, who we, okay, so we had, like, maybe, like, one little change, like, after training camp, right? Okay. All right, well, where I'm at right now on, what is it? Wednesday, June 7th. Minnesota wins the division and they could win the division at 10 and seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Minnesota wins the division, Detroit in second and Detroit does not make the playoffs. Wow. Ch- Chicago in third and Jordan loves Packers in the dumpster. And I think part of the, part of the reason I go to that extent is because love signed a weird one year deal. Like they, the fifth year got declined or or something like they didn't negotiate the fifth year to be picked up. So they signed him to like a one year extension that would have been less money than that. Anyways, I think we're going to find out quickly that Jordan loves, not the guy. I think that green Bay is going to be really bad. And I think that green Bay is going to try and get into the sweet stakes to get like a Caleb Williams or a, a Drake may or something like that. So Vikings, lions, bears, pack. Blaine, you want to go or you want me to go? No, I'll go. I disagree with the Packers take. I just do. I think that they, for a reason, drafted two great tight ends. I think they're going to be able to run the football, and I think their defense is going to be a little bit better than everybody thinks. I'm not saying they're not going to win the division. That's not where I'm going with this, but I'm just not picking them last. Vikings are going to win the division barely. I mean, barely, because they have weapons. Lions are going to come in second. Packers third and Bears and last. And I, I hate to do that to Bears fans out there, but I have to see more out of Justin Fields. I have to see more out of these newcomers. I, I told you how I didn't really love what they did at linebacker. Don't really love everywhere else. I just, you know, I, I really just think the Bears need, again, another year. And and I'm sorry, Joe, but that, that's my that's my. Yeah, that's fair. I'll wrap it up. Um, I am going to I'm going to stave off the Johnny Rowe monologue. I am going to stick with the media darling, and I'm going to have the Detroit Lions winning the NFC North in 2023-24. I just think that this team's been so bad for so long. The city kind of deserves something to go right its way. I think this year in a down division could be the year where a team that hasn't won it in forever is going to win it. Um, I believe in Detroit more on June 7th, as Johnny said, than I do Minnesota, just given Detroit's young and getting more experience and Minnesota's old and declining. Um, So I got Detroit. I still think Minnesota makes the playoffs and finishes second in the NFC North. I actually think the Lions would have a pretty good record. I really do. Um, Packers third. I'm kind of in the same boat as Blaine. I feel horrible doing it to the Bears fans. I know several good uh, people that are Bears fans, but I just they just they stunk last year. I know they were trying to, but I just don't see. I I I want to like Fields more. I really do, and I I do like him at the end of the day. But it's a passing league, and passing wins football games. And with the game on the line, 
I don't think Justin Fields can can lead a pass a pass heavy offense down the field. So I've got Lions, Vikings, Packers, and Bears. Oh my, that's the NFC North. It's gonna be an interesting year. Next week we travel down south. We'll go to the NFC South next week. Um, interesting oh. division down there. I, we got to bite the bullet here. We'll get um, we'll get into the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It'll be a stinker of an episode. You know, we pick games throughout the year that have the stinky tag, and so I guess for our summer tour, we can put a stinky tag on a division, and this could be the first one. Johnny Blaine, appreciate your time. Alec Gathright, Joe the Rat. From ball placement podcast that shout out to those guys as well um hope you guys enjoy the episode johnny blaine talk to you next week see ya see ya.